Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Madeline, played by newcomer Helena Howard, has become an integral part of a prestigious physical theater troupe. When the workshop's ambitious director, played by Molly Parker, pushes the teenager to weave her rich interior world and a troubled history with her mother, played by Miranda July, into their collective art, the lines between performance and reality begin to blur. The resulting battle between imagination and appropriation rips out the rehearsal space and through all three women's lives. And that is the story behind Josephine Baker's new film, uh, that comes out today here in Los Angeles at the New Art Theater, and that is Madeline's Madeline. And we're joined today by co-producers of Madeline's Madeline, and that would be Krista Paris and Elizabeth Rao. Ladies, welcome to Film School. Thank you so Thank much, Mike. Thank you so much for being here. I I am uh, I I love these kinds of films, the films that uh, essentially ask of the audience to be emotionally invested in a film. To, uh, to really appreciate it. And this film is from almost the opening scene, something that is intriguing, interesting, not quite sure what's going on, but at the same time, it has such a strong emotional pull in, in the characters and in the story. Um, tell me a little bit about how you came to the project. I'll start with you, Krista. How did you come to know, uh, to work with Josephine uh, Decker on this film? I, um, through another filmmaker who I work with and is a close friend um, named Emily Carmichael, she and Emily and Josephine were chosen in 2013 at Filmmaker Magazine does this, like, sort of new faces of tomorrow kind of um, class every year, and they were both chosen, and they became friends, and then Josephine and I met at a, um, a picnic in Park Slope that Emily was hosting. And, and then Josephine and I were involved in a project together before this one called um, 150. It's an initiative by Time Warner to, to support artists who think of doing interesting work with episodic content. And actually, um, and it was, we, there was really other, there were amazing artists involved with that. Um, Terrence Nance, who's just releasing a, a new series called Random Acts of Flyness on HBO was part of our group with that. It, it just did a rub. Um, it just rubs Terrence Nance, who um, has been on the show actually for the oversimplification of her beauty. Oh, cool! Which yeah. was a fantastic film. I'm so glad he's back in the mix. Yeah, yeah, in a big way. I mean, yeah. that, that series seems to be getting a lot of attention. I'm really excited to to watch it. Um, so. That's how I came, so I came on the end of the improv process. Liz predated me. Um, yeah, should I talk a bit about how I came to the <laughs> Yes, please. Okay, sure. Elizabeth Rowe. Um, yeah, hi, this is Elizabeth Rowe. Um, so I had been looking for Tribeca Film Festival when I saw Justin's original, uh, original two features, on the Lash and That Was Mild and Lovely. Um, there were still mostly DVDs at the time, <laughs> DVD submissions. Um, but Josephine uh, always 
for thinking had submitted a Vimeo link. Um, so, so I had I had seen the link and uh, and also heard about her from from some filmmaking friends, and and I kind of just wanted to work with her um, in any way possible. Um, and so I got involved on some of her short films. Mm-hmm. Well, the, now when you. I assume that part of the process of getting involved, obviously uh, meeting with uh, Josephine and sort of scoping out her her vision for the film, where in that process did you get an opportunity to see the material and to sort of understand kind of where this film is going? Uh, well, I think that that we, you know, both Chris and I and, and all of the co-creators on the film um, have always been more committed to the process and to questions than to than to getting answers right away. And so even in the in the initial conversations, uh, when I first started working with Josephine there was no script yet. Um, we she had this idea of putting together some clowning workshops. <laughs> and and from there she got together a, a cast of actors um, and we we kind of put together these workshops that happened in a in a brownstone um, initially in Times Square that we got donated. Um, so so from those workshops, I mean, we owe an enormous debt to the original ensemble cast that was with us um, in those rehearsals. Uh, a lot of them, which play in the film, um, but then yeah, and, and then we were looking at uh, and then just being. Yeah, had a writing process in mind, but I think I I attribute um, you know the existence of a script even a lot to a lot to Chris's vision. Um, <laughs> there was definitely a version of the film uh, that was that could have been made that was just ten people in the woods, um, <laughs> you know, um, improvising from from a from a poetic treatment. <laughs> but but when when Krista got got involved, she she kind of has a vision to see that um, there to achieve the level of of ambition and storytelling that that was coming together in the early script. Um, <laughs> there was you know an actual production that that had to be built around that. Yeah, it, it's and I'm watching the film again. We're we're talking about uh, Madeline's Madeline. We're we're speaking with the producers uh krista paris and elizabeth rao and it feels like a film that was constantly evolving the material feels like it was constantly evolving um but i'm glad to hear you talk about sort of putting a sort of some guardrails around the actual storytelling because it both are interesting not only are the 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 actual kind of the the thread of the story about with about madeline but it, but uh, as well as all of the other sort of peripheral influences on her life, it it feels like it needed to have that kind of let's let's take people on this journey, but let's give them let's give them some story some plot lines, if you will, to to hold on to because otherwise, um, yeah, it would have been it would have been a, a very different film. Is that is that fair, Krista? Yeah, I mean, I the film Josephine is so ambitious in the uh, in themes that she tackled in this piece, and uh, you know, we've been doing a lot of Q and A's with her the past few days, and she talked about how she listened to a lot of Gershwin's 
Rhapsody in Blue in the development process, and she was really going for kind of this expressionist, like really weaving together themes as a leitmotif, and so it definitely wasn't a strictly linear process. I think one of the things that you picked up on earlier, Mike, was there was a point at which Evangeline's story, there was kind of a struggle during the script process as to whose story it was going to be, Madeline's or Evangeline's, and I mean, we, we all, Molly Parker was is absolutely phenomenal in the film, and also on set was a really great presence in terms of, she was probably the person who had the most experience in this business, because she's been doing it since her, like, late teens, and so she had this kind of senior statesman presence, which was very grounding for everyone, which helps, I think, because... One of the things that Josephine likes to do is, in exploring things, Josephine's capable of making herself extremely emotionally vulnerable in a way that not everyone is able to. Um, and I think part of the way she crystallizes what direction she wants to go in is by soliciting a lot of feedback and, and wanting other people to also be very emotionally open and vulnerable. And so I think Molly created kind of like a epicenter to all of that, which really anchors the film in, in a beautiful way. But ultimately, you know, and then actually cinematography, of course. Um, yes. I think ultimately it became more Madeline's story with, with Evangeline and, and Regina, played by Miranda July, playing pivotal roles, because it, it, part of what it became was a struggle around imagination and the idea of collaboration and just the, the way that the film turned out in filming, it just made sense to have it come more so from Madeline's um, perspective. Yeah, and I, I'd just like to say that there's a, to, to follow on your point about uh, Molly Parker, boy, is she such a, a an immediate presence. I, everyone in this film are all so vulnerable. Everyone in the film, all the major characters are all so vulnerable and yet so defensive i don't know if the word there's there's they're so fierce i guess is the better way to put it about mm -hmm. themselves and about the interactions they have with others in the film so there's this combination of fierceness and absolute determination to maintain that what is happening is happening and why and how and yet at the same time an exceptionally vulnerable performances on all of their parts which is a remarkable accomplishment in my mind i mean it's a remarkable accomplishment on the part of the actors as well as the director the writer and the cinematographer who's able to pull us into this story visually in a way that's just spectacular is, is that again i want to make sure i'm being fair to the to their characters and the way that they developed oh yeah i mean one of the um one thing that molly brought to her character which is wonderful she wanted to make sure that the audience had an in so that the character wasn't completely villainous, that you actually felt you had emotional access to feel some, like, you know, to, to care about that character. Um, and so she added that dimensionality. And <laughs> the one other thing I would add, and, and I'll hand it over to Liz, is one interesting response from audiences, too, has been, I think because of what you were speaking to, Mike, is they feel like, 
fraught, like feeling on edge. Oh yeah, <laughs> like while they're watching the film, <laughs> um, in a way, like no, no, no. Because it's obviously not a classic horror film, but they're almost it's almost like an emotional horror film. <laughs> right. way, it, you know, everyone <laughs> is in this like heightened space. Um, yeah. yeah, and uh, so you know, I've gotten a lot of responses. People find that both thrilling and like a little bit unnerving, <laughs> but. <laughs> It's it's just an experience they don't have all the time at the cinema, so they also really relish that, I think, too. Especially if they happen to identify with certain scenes. Like, one of my friends who saw it, the scene where um, Madeline is coming, this is early in the film, so I'm not giving anything away, but she's coming from rehearsal and she gets in the car with her mom and, you know, she's actually on a total high and then her mom assumes that something bad has happened to her and just sees her in a certain way that she doesn't like seeing herself and it completely shatters her <laughs> this kind of moment of happiness and and my friend was like I mean that's just the way moms are you know like I think it's like, that's what I was saying about the subjectivity I think everyone is, is kind of you know because of the broadness and the themes in some way casting their own experience projecting their own experience onto the film in an interesting way Elizabeth, anything I to, love add, to add? Yeah, I love that description as emotional. I remember Christian at some point talking about wanting to make an action film, and I think in a way, uh, I think in a way, it's gripping in being a, a kind of psychological action film um, and being governed by emotional logic uh, and an emotional tug of war. Um, as opposed to, you know, the physical logic of space or material project uh, progress in uh, in the characters uh, in the characters' journeys. Um, yeah, but I, I love this description <laughs> of emotional. Well, well, I mean, one thing that I really like about the film is that within that there are these moments of levity and humor um, where you know. Uh, like there's a, I don't want to give too much plot away for the viewers, but there's a moment with um, Molly Parker's character towards the end of the film when she has a very different emotional response to something that's the rest of the room, and you can't help but laugh. So there are moments like that that you're laughing, but in that kind of Hannah Gadsby way, you're laughing out of a sense of discomfort also. <laughs> you know, like a, a release of like, oh God, could it, you know, could this person really interpret that so off base emotionally <laughs> the way other people are feeling that moment? Yeah, no, you're you're it's it's darkly humorous, I would say. I mean, I don't know if it's a laugh out loud, but there is definitely something to break the tension and I will not give anything more away about that particular part of the film, but uh uh, well, I want to kind of sh- shift gears a little bit here and talk about sort of, again, your involvement as producer, sort of, uh, you know, mm-hmm. how you are a part of this creative process with Josephine Decker and others. Uh, I The the cinematography in it is, um, I've forgotten her name. I have it right in front of me. Ashley, um, Ashley Connor. Ashley Connor. It's, it is such a beautifully shot film. There's so much... Um, uh, there's so many close-ups. It's mostly, it's almost all medium and and, and real close. Uh, and I know there was, a, I'm sure there was a decision made to sort of, uh, as part of, you know, conveying what's going on with these characters. 
uh, that was that was a part of of it. But there's almost always a, a people in frame, um, and also when when there are some very emotional elements in or emotional moments in the film, uh, we get this incredible in- intimacy with these, with, whether it be Madeline or with. Uh, Evangelina or with um, Regina there it's just it's beautifully shot and um, tell us a little bit about sort of as part of this process this this sort of decision making that went into how it was shot it's a very Cassavetes looking kind of film to me Mm -hmm. for people who are looking for a reference we really have to credit Ashley you know we would just be quoting her because that was really her dynamic with Josephine I mean we were very fortunate but they already had made these two features together, which were very formative for them. Um, and this was, you know, one of the features they made together, it was like, you know, basically like 10 people in a camp. This was a much more, you know, we were, it was a, um, the budget was, the film is ambitious for the budget, but it was a, it's a, it was a much more traditional setup in terms of, you know, we had a 30-person crew at least every day. and um, But I think I, I really credit Ashley and Josephine letting, like, trusting Ashley and giving her space to do and knowing that she... Because Ashley was also part of the improvisation process, which I think was integral to her getting to know the troupe and having a sense of what Josephine was going for. But... I, you know, I can't personally take any credit for that. I think um, creating a, an environment in which Ashley could work productively, yes, we did. But really, that was her vision and Josephine's vision. Yeah. yeah, and she was just coming off of another shoot um, right before ours. So in terms of prep time, right before our shoot, there, there weren't a ton of days. Um, but we we totally trusted their, their dynamic um, yeah. and their chemistry. And and Ashley had already invested invested time in the early rehearsals. Uh, I think I don't don't. I mean, I think that Ashley had a great um, embodiment of the turtle in one of those early workshops. Uh-huh. She she had you know the turtle is a recurring image in the film. Yes, and <laughs> and I think uh, I, I think Ashley's turtle was was definitely a siege. Um, for the turtle imagery that comes up. Well, in the shooting of the film, there is there is this sort of back and forth. Not not a lot, but there is a back and forth between the internal world of Madeline and her imagining. the The film opens with a shot of a uh, of a cat, of a, a close up of a cat, and that theme mm-hmm. carries out throughout the film. Sort of the um, where she there, there's this dichotomy of human. Animal, animal, human. There's a lot of the back and forth between that sort of our 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 nature of of who we are and what we are, and there's just so many things that the film plays with in in ways that are so constructive to what we're what you're trying to get to, mental health issues, bo- uh, mother daughter relationships, um, relationship between what's you know, the real and the unreal, but also acting. Someone, I, I think it was Olivier who said this uh, years ago. He said we, with the advent of television, we, he said, you know, we are spending an inordinate amount of time sitting around watching people pretend. 
And it, we're not, so, it, so we're getting further and further, I think his point, we're getting further and further away from what is our real reactions to things because we're seeing these sort of as a frame of mm-hmm. reference. And I think this film has a, has an element of that, the the, uh, the pretend, the acting, the, as you said, were the clowning exercises, which I thought were fascinating. Um, but just that idea yeah. of playing with that idea of what is a, a genuine reaction to a genuine moment. In the film, it it's uh it happens a reoccurring theme for me as well in this. Yeah, I would argue, um, and again, this is coming off of some Q and A's that's just been recently. I think she sees acting less as pretending, and right, more right. as kind of like almost opening up a part of yourself that yeah, you know, maybe is untapped. I know she certainly sees the writing process that way, and I think she sees actors, there's almost a spiritual component of it for her. Um, like, they're not, I won't say vessels, because that has this kind of new age, <laughs> but <laughs> there is this element of, like, kind of, you know, with a great performance, you are, and Helen has spoken to this, tapping into some, even if the character is not exactly you, right. you're, you're using some personal experience that might have a similar emotional feel, to you um, to be able to to portray that convincingly. So yeah, well, um, you're right. They sort yeah. of strip away a lot of the pretext, right? And in yeah, but I think what um, in terms of one interesting thing you've had a hit on and pretending, I guess is another way of like one one of the interesting things of the film. I think is how Evangeline, how the collaboration between this whole group evolved yeah. and. And I'm not sure she's always totally conscious of her <laughs> of what her intentions are, but there, you know, there's a big element of um, is there what what's the line between exploitation and a true collaboration, and you know, also the intimacy that develops between them. You know, ultimately, I think that the climax of the film explores that and um, which I don't, I don't want to give away but <laughs> um, I, I think um, so yeah I mean I think it it explores a lot of ethical issues with regards to that too especially in this in an age where you know identity has become heightened too um, in a way that I think it's changing things in a good, like opening up people are able to talk about things that they weren't five years ago in a very open way right well, I in the last minute or so, I I I have not even I've I've touched on it, but I think it it bears going into to a greater degree, and that is, the um, the acting is superb. Miranda July is is just so she just uh, is I'm so drawn to her when I when she's on screen. I I'm, I'm so drawn to her because it feels like there's a a lot going on with her. Internally as well as externally, she's terrific. Um, you can come on on that, but I also would be remiss if I didn't mention what a remarkable performance uh, Helena Howard does in the film, and how mm-hmm. I just—I mean, she, she's she's in every frame, every every scene, and she's she's uh, yeah, she's remarkable. So, commenting a little bit on on those two, Elizabeth, you want to kick it off with uh, anything you add to add on Miranda or or Helena? Uh, I mean, what did they say? Yeah. She, uh, she, she's a bombshell. Um, and at every moment watching her, you know, even in, in the footage that wasn't used, is, is gripping and, and 
you know, when you see see that, you you kind of recognize it. So we're we're psyched for for more people to see Helena's work um, in this and and her her new project too. Any <laughs> Krista. Um, anything to add about about this performance? I mean, I'm, I mean, it's getting all kinds of praise from all all quarters. Her performance, uh, yeah, deservedly. Um, I mean, I think part of what's so astounding about it is how deep she goes, and she was so you know when we shot it, she wasn't even twenty years old. So um, uh, I would say, like, getting back to the kind of practical production part, I think one nice part that grew out of the improvisation and just the nature of our set was it you know like it had a familial feel to it and um there was a lot of given the nature of the material we made sure to kind of make space for emotional check-ins and there were days where people with various themes didn't feel totally comfortable or just wanted to share their feelings about them and um to josephine's credit She's very receptive to hearing that. And and so I think it was, for Helena, a very supportive environment. Um, and I would say, for, you know, for Miranda, it was I, part of the reason she talks about this in the press that she chose to do the film was she just shot another feature recently. And she was interested to be on a set that wasn't, this was a good Josephine set, but on a set that wasn't her own to see, like, the the filming from the other side. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, right before kind of plunging, she's an artist who's able to work in so many mediums, but she hadn't made a film in a while, and so part of the draw for her was working on the other side of the camera. Um, And so I think the experience was, gratifying and rewarding for her in that way. Yeah. Thank you so much uh, to both Thank of you. you. Thank you so much. This was really fun. Oh, great. Thank you. Uh, it, the, again, we've been speaking with the producers of the, uh, the film Madeline's Madeline. That would be Krista Paris and Elizabeth Rao. Really, thank you so much for being here. And uh, when you have a new project, if you please come back. I'd love to have you back on. Oh, we would love that. We would love that. Thank you so much, Mike. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.